I was told you were coming. A slayer. I'm so stuck, drawn like a, a cork in a bottle. My ascension is almost at hand. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Sploosh! Welcome back, y'all. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And we're happy to bring you another episode of Beer with Buffy. How are hey, you doing, Josh? I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take some recovery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man, this was a good one though. This was a good one. I I well, we, b- before we actually start talking about the episode, I think we need we should plan to have a little bit of just banter back and forth so that people people might give a shit about what we're have going on. Blasphemy. You know? I well, I don't know. They they might care a little bit. What the hell do you have doing. going on that you think is so important? That you're interrupting our podcast for this special message. Um, I'm looking at an apartment. Our recording studio space will be moving. Oh my. We will no longer be recording in a basement in a few months. Which I find disappointing. A little bit. I think that was one of our main selling points. I don't know about a selling point there, but okay. Right. Yeah, also, I had a little moment before I came here. And uh, it kind of irked me, so I feel like I need to, uh, I feel like it's appropriate for me to get it off my chest uh, in the episode. So I was talking to my friend Nate, I was on my way out the door, coming here to do this podcast, and he's like, good luck! And I was like, uh, I think I just had a stroke, but I didn't say anything, and I was like, okay, fuck you, bye! Uh <laughs> Uh, but, you know, he's he's used to that. He's used to the verbal abuse. He likes it. Um, so I left and I literally I drove around the block and I was like, no, I have to I have to go back. And I I pulled back into the parking lot <laughs> uh, at the coffee shop that we hang out at. And I, I stomped in and I was like, you never say good luck in show business. I need you to say break a leg and knock on wood right now. And the dumb bastard actually said break a leg and knock on wood i was like no you don't you don't fucking say knock on wood you just asterisks knock on wood and actually knock on wood and i demonstrated for him and then he said okay break a leg knock on wood and he looked so fucking dumbfounded he was like okay atheist it's it like okay i i get it i'm a bit superstitious um, Everyone's a little superstitious about something. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean you you were in you I, were in school for acting. I was so a theater I mean, major, though. I'm not yeah. superstitious about a lot of things, but it's not really that I believe that anything will happen because he said good luck instead of uh, break a leg. It's a it's just a it's per- a traditional thing. It, no, it's a mind space thing. It's a playing games with your own mind kind of thing. It's a jinx thing. Well, I mean, 
we're pretty much in the same category as as far as you know superstitious beliefs and i have my own little things like i'm a i'm a D nerd and i haven't bought my or picked out my dice in years because <laughs> i i personally find that when someone else picks my dice or at least selects which dice i should purchase huh. they tend to do better for me and i don't sit there and i don't pointlessly roll my dice because it feels like i'm wasting good rolls so I mean, we're all a little superstitious in well, some way. You are wasting good rolls, Rex. I mean, yeah, I you're mean... the one that rolled them. So <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, saying good luck instead of break a leg does cause these things, but it does cause these things because I drove away and I was like, I think I'll stop at Speedway for a hot dog. And they were out of buns. I had oh. to buy tornadoes instead. <laughs> and then I pulled out of the parking lot there, and you know what? I hit a red light. First thing. <laughs> like, I was just driving along happily and maybe, on my maybe, merry way. Though, if Nate had just said, break a leg at the beginning, you wouldn't have turned around and gone back, and maybe someone wouldn't have purchased that last bun, and maybe you wouldn't <laughs> hit that stop light. That sign had clearly been there for days. But, oh, or well, not days, but, you know, several hours anyway. Like, they had had enough complaints that they were like... Uh, they had to have a sign. Management is officially apologizing for the lack of hot dog buns. <laughs> were they still selling hot dogs? Do they still have yeah, hot dogs? Yeah, there were still hot dogs. Who are they selling just hot dogs to without buns? Absolutely nobody, but, it, you know, at least they didn't just throw away good food. Maybe they're going to get more buns. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying I'll be surprised if we don't have harpoons in our chest by the end of this episode, which we should probably get back to. I, important question. Where are the harpoons going to come from? Uh, probably from your haunted woods bobcat outside that tried <laughs> to eat me on my way in. Or maybe it was a, a bullfrog. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights I shall give, walk in You've got something here. <laughs> so this episode is number five of season one, and I can't read my own handwriting. What's it called, it, Rex? It has the longest title that we've seen thus far, and it is Never Kill a Boy Never. on the First Date. Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, which I feel like goes without saying, but apparently they needed to make an entire episode of a TV show about it, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> First thing, I liked that this episode opened the way it did. Wait. Do we oh, wait. We forgot something. Uh, it's that time, everybody. Josh, give us the mom synopsis. Do you want the mom synopsis? Holy shit, I thought you'd never ask. Joshua, you're watching Buffy again. Are you paying rent yet? Did you find a job yet, Joshua? Did you even look? You little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> watching tv and running up the goddamn electricity on my dime <laughs> of all the far-fetchedness of your mom voice <laughs> i can't imagine your mom actually calling you a bastard <laughs> luckily neither can i actually um that's i mean for all her flaws she doesn't swear at you that's why it's called demonizing um <laughs> anyway I need to go really far out of my way to make sure she never hears these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it's going to happen, though. So, Joshua! <laughs> you're watching Buffy again! <laughs> What's it about, Joshua? 
Uh, this episode, well, hormones, bad vampire makeup and choreography, uh, and a little bit of <laughs> main plot line with the master actually happens. Buffy has a crush on a dude. Xander doesn't like it. Uh, and Giles uh, has a few moments of wit and funniness and... Willow and Xander keep popping up in places that they they really shouldn't physically be able to know where and when that they should have popped up there, but they did anyway. And anyway, they so Buffy kills like maybe two vampires. <laughs> it was really kind of a completely irrelevant episode, except for the final scene. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where we find out that uh, they were not able to actually do anything about the continuation of the Master's evil plot. I will say this, this episode continues the uh, great saga of Nice Guy Xander. <laughs> nice Guy Xander. I... Buffy, why am I even still your friend if you won't let me put my right. cock in you? I, there were multiple <laughs> multiple occasions in this episode where I'm like, why is she friends with him? Seriously. <laughs> okay, so it opens up. Uh, nice cold open to Buffy kicking some vampire ass, and it's actually not too bad of a, a choreographed fight in this opening scene. You thought so? I I liked it. I just, well, I thought it was a bit sudden, and the guy looked kind of like uh, an off-brand Jet Li. Oh, he he was <laughs> he was the just kind of most messed up looking vampire that we've seen thus far. He, well, he it, looked like he needed a bath. And the makeup is always so stiff. It looked like he had vampire Botox. Right, yeah. It's like they, they're trying to be scary, but they can't move their faces at all. The prosthetics on the face, especially in this scene, with some of the interactions we have with some of the vampires in, the, in this uh, episode as well, very much suffers from the whole Klingon thing of it. it's all headgear. <laughs> yes. But the opening to me, I just started laughing my ass off because Buffy kills a vampire and all of a sudden out from behind the grave pops up Giles. Giles. There's Giles. And it, it cracked me up. Poor form, Buffy. Poor form. Yeah. And he's criticizing how she's going about her training, which at this point, my problem with Giles here is. He's not training her. He's just criticizing her. Yeah. He's just being an ass. <laughs> How many Giles's does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, eight. You know, one to do it and seven to stand back and say, I could have done it better. And then we immediately cut to the master preaching. And the first thing I noticed is, damn, they upped the production value on that set. Did they? Oh, yeah. I the did not notice. Well, the set's bigger. Um, and it might just be the angle at which they were shooting it. They were shooting at wider angle. Okay, possibly. Um, but I think they were able to like fill out the sides of the set more uh-huh. uh, to be able to shoot wider angle. Uh-huh. So the master's talking about, uh, he's like reading a passage from a book that's like a prophecy. Um, and so the next step of the harvest is uh, the anointed one shall rise from the ashes of five dead ones. And I thought he meant like five of his own vampire clan were going to have to die and yeah, they were going to willingly sacrifice themselves but we find out later that's not the case it was just five people and one of them they don't cumulatively come together yeah, I, to be the anointed this, it's just one of the five is I just randomly wanna, I chosen state now i want to state for the record hmm. the vampire that wrote this prophecy is dumb <laughs> just really 
really dumb. Okay, you're not wrong, but why? I'm just curious. Because, because there's, oh, five people will die and one of them will be the anointed. That, uh-huh. That's basically the prophecy. But yeah. the way it's written, it's like, oh, there will be like some epic level inter- thing that happens that brings about the anointed. It's just, no, five people fucking die. That's yeah. it. It's yeah, just five, five people, people die. die. Hey, got your steak. So they've established that the anointed will rise from the ashes of five dead ones, and they kind of leave it at that. After that, uh, we cut back to Buffy and Giles in the library. Opening credits, and then it goes to Buffy in the library. Uh Uh-huh. So they're looking into this ring that uh, Giles and Buffy found off of the vampire she killed in the opening scene. And they find out that it's got the the sun and three stars symbol on the inside of it, which is apparently... Oh, hold, hold on. You're missing a very important part here. Am Giles I? is so off his game. Oh, right? Like, not only... <laughs> not only is he's looking through a book and he's like i have no idea what this is and buffy just pulls it out of thin air uh-huh. so first off she had to have like read the book that he's looking at which is impressive for me <laughs> yeah and then she rubs it right in oh, his yeah. face and it's like the, ouch and giles still has much. the goal through this scene he still has the goal to like make fun of her reading books <laughs> yeah he does uh. like dude she just like and she even says two points Buffy, uh-huh. zero Giles. Like yeah. and we get this glorious moment where another student enters the library. Yeah, and it's so amazing <laughs> that it's even written into the script that uh, Giles, even Giles and Buffy are surprised. The librarian is like, <laughs> literally says, and I I wrote this down. Yeah, very just point blank and kind of like. What do you want? <laughs> what are you doing here? This is my library. And he goes, a book? And Buffy's like... Yeah, students come here and they like take books so that they learn things. Oh, I thought that was a myth. Mm. So I love... So too I many love, people called them out on that is I, I, what happened. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So the, the boy that's introduced here is Owen. Yeah. And he is a big surprise, tall and brooding fellow. Very brooding. Uh, very much Buffy's type. Uh, well, also very much the type that goes around this school, just very way too mature for his age. Oh, yeah. This is another 20-year-old high school student. Which I'm really happy <laughs> that they dispel uh, that illusion of him by the end of the episode. It's like, actually, he's one of the more childish characters we've met. Owen, immediately after that, we get some banter between uh, Buffy and Giles after Owen leaves, because damn is Buffy Twitterpated over Owen. <laughs> like, hardcore. Yeah. So much so that she's like, oh, he loves Emily Dickinson's. <laughs> oh. yeah. So she's like, I want to read poetry now. <laughs> That's when Giles gets his, his jab in. And then immediately cut to lunch where... Uh, Buffy and Willow are talking about Owen, and we we get my first real like quote of the the episode, mm-hmm. which is Willow is talking about Owen to Buffy, and she says he can brood for like forty minutes straight. I've <laughs> clocked him. I've clocked him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. 
I think I've got one around about the same spot. Oh, yeah, it was for uh, Giles uh, just before the end of Owen in the library scene. Giles says, oh, yes, Dickinson, she's a, she's a pretty good poet. And Buffy's like, for a girl, for an American. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I did love that. Just carrying along our uh, strong feminine protagonists uh, theme here. And so this and making fun scene, of Americans, I'm fine with that. This lunchroom scene is fantastic mm-hmm. because it, it's just a whole fucking scene of just a bunch of great dialogue between all these characters. Yeah, this this it's, scene is like the key scene in my opinion of the entire episode that showcases the just great dialogue writing. Yeah, that, the the whole episode was so has. dense, very much so, uh, with just things that. I'm just like, man, I wish I could have one conversation like that in my life. Yeah. And I I think part of that is just, this is how witty we all wish we were. Yeah. And... Or maybe this show is why we all feel inadequate. That's possible. (laughs) I mean... In our everyday conversational abilities. On the why we as millennials feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. I can can accept Buffy on that list. Yeah, we, we had too much to live up to. So Buffy sees Owen sitting alone. So he, Buffy goes to see to sit by Owen. Yep. In walks oh fuck Cordelia. She basically bulldozes Buffy over to sit next to Owen. But Buffy gets an amazing dig. She's like turns out Cordelia is wider than I thought. <laughs> I had to rewatch that line like 8 times to figure out what she said and I was like, "Oh, that's actually really clever." And Owen to his credit, isn't remotely looking at Cordelia. Yeah. Like, and Cordelia invites him out to the bronze and he's like, who's going to be there? And she's like, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be there. And he goes, anybody else? Who else? Yeah. Who <laughs> else is going to be there? Really knocking her down a peg. Oh, yeah. Uh, which uh, but the, she which deserves the girl needs. it. Oh, she deserves so it. So full of herself. This whole episode is far, like the Cordy centric portions of this episode is just her getting fucking knocked down peg after peg. Yeah, perfect comeuppance, which, I mean, it's it's really too bad because it's so hard to find um, youth with high self-esteem. But when you do, Definitely. it's way too high. It's like, okay, that's right. too much. Can we right. get some happy medium? Apparently not. So they, Buffy finds out she has a date. She's going to go to the bronze. But very ne- next scene, back to the library exposition, Giles says, no, you can't go to the bronze. Bad shit is happening. Yeah. The uh, the anointed one thing is happening tonight. And Buffy's response is, no, it can't happen tonight. You have you have to redo your calculations. It can't possibly happen tonight. Oh, and you know what? I Damn, I forgot to write that line down no, because... I, I wrote it down. Excellent. Giles responds with, I'll just jump in my time machine and ask the vampires to postpone their ancient prophecy for a few days so you can take in a dinner and a show. <laughs> I had to write down that whole fucking line. Thank because you. It's, it, it was just... I wish I could deliver it that well. <laughs> I know. The, the level of snark yeah. behind it... But the key here is, is Buffy's, re- Buffy's response is, okay, at this point, you're, you're abusing, abusing sarcasm. sarcasm. Yes. Thank you, Buffy. Oh, I love it. Saving a face for the Americans. And then the scene ends with 
Giles basically say very, very dramatically to camera, tonight we go into battle. <laughs> Setting us up perfectly for them sitting in the middle of a graveyard with crickets chirping and absolutely nothing happening. I, I wrote down, tonight we go into battle, dot, dot, dot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or not. I mean, my my question here is, didn't Giles have half a clue of where? Right? Why did they just like, go? To, the graveyard's a big fucking place. And <laughs> it's it's stated stated later in the series that there's like dozens of fucking graveyards in this city. <laughs> they just picked one. Yeah. And sat in the middle of it. Said, yeah. well, the harvest must be happening here. It couldn't be anywhere else there must be nothing going on giles again this whole episode is so off his game (laughs) yeah so he lets um buffy go on that note yeah i need another beer rex needs another beer i'm gonna do a, a river dance all right this probably isn't gonna translate too well to radio but i am in fact River dancing while sitting down. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> um, not not in any like impressive manner, but in just the sheer degree of stupidity that is presented here. <laughs> I um, I hope you can at least hear my chair creaking and my microphone bouncing. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds, and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the Slayer. I just wanted We're to like the Slayerettes. Oh please. We're trying to time our, our beer grabs better instead of the end of the episode. Well, more importantly, we want to get as much beer drinking in on this as possible. Absolutely. fucking lutely So, um, for the sheer, sheer satisfyingness, three, two, one. Ah, oh, yes. As many of those as we can get in. All right, so bronze. No, first, they get a nice little argument of Buffy giving some stabs at Giles for how nothing is going on. And she skips off joyously as Giles gives her permission to go on her date. Uh Uh-huh. And cut to the bronze where Owen... The bronze. The bronze. (laughs) Owen is seen dancing with Cordy by Buffy. Yep. Who does nothing but leave? Yep. The vampire slayer who fights down evil <laughs> night after night, who's supposed to be all brave, yeah, does nothing because Cordy is moving in on her man. Well, I mean, she was like all up in his shit, and he seemed pretty conciliatory. Not gonna lie, I don't know. I well, it um, it makes me. It, it was a little awkward. Yeah, he was kind of like very much. It was, I mean, it was a slow dance. I mean, I can't entirely blame her. I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed by it. She needs to be, that girl should have a hell of a lot more confidence than she does. Hormones. This episode I, was so I suppose. thick with hormones. This episode brought to you by hormones. Hormones. The letter H. <laughs> the letter H. <laughs> so. And then we get a nice little flash to the bus. The, oh, is the bus scene next? The the bus scene is next. Oh, thank God. The bus. <laughs> the bus. <laughs> so we get to see the camera. For some reason, this bus, which is 
does not look like a, your normal like traveling bus. It was it. it it looked like a handicap bus to me. It did. They obviously just couldn't afford an actual charter bus Probably. for this scene. So we get to see all the all five of the passengers, and one of them is just amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's first of all, the kid with the airplane. I've I've seen multiple B films where they just you can tell the director either sucked or the kid was just such a terrible actor. But they're using this kid because they knew their parents. So this this kid I, yeah, is... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Yeah, so this kid is playing with this airplane, and he's not even <laughs> making sound effects. He just kind of hovers it in front of his face. And then he pointedly looks over at one, at one of the other passengers and, like, deadpan, we went on an airplane. And it's this, this dude, obviously, big neon sign, this is a bad guy, pointing yeah. at this guy, as he starts spouting religious bullshit. Yeah. I wrote down, well, I know a few of these kind of people. <laughs> it's the kind of guy you'd expect to find on the street claiming to have been a Vietnam vet. Right. Spouting bullshit. And it takes the bus driver a really long time to tell him to shut up and oh, sit yeah. down. By the time the bus is about to crash, this fucker is pacing around on the bus, talking about how everyone are sinners and they're going to meet judgment and all Fire this. and brimstone. And scaring the bejesus out oh, of his mother and her child. He's like leaning down and like talking to the, the, the other passengers like within like six inches of their faces. So the bus gets in an accident because there's somebody standing in the road all of a sudden. And I assume, oh, this must be some sort of uh, attack or a conspiracy with the vampires. I assumed that dude was a vampire. And he's not. He's not. It's just a dude. And the dude in the street, not a vampire, just a dude, I think. But also... Apparently, this is the, this bus driver is the same guy that was driving the UPS truck from the last episode because he just he I swear to God he sped up when he saw this guy. It looked guy. like it. It really did. So that he would have more drama when he hit the brake cuz he he needed to have enough speed that it made it look like that was a real crash. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, look at that. I'm going to crash into that thing. Uh-huh. I got. I better have enough speed to make it count. <laughs> Waited way too long to hit the brakes. And actually, and you never have the time to think to hit the fucking horn right. in those situations. And more importantly, the, the bus crashes and everyone's fine. Yeah. Like, if this is supposed to be some horrific accident, shouldn't everyone die? <laughs> but then the vampires attack yeah. and kill all the people. Yeah. Apparently it wasn't too ordained in the stars that yeah. this was going to happen. It's like, <laughs> oh, we'll just wait for a bus accident and eat a couple of them. And I like to mention that the prophecy said five people will die so that this anointed will, will rise. Yeah. There were six people here. There were five people on the bus. And then the dude in the road. That's six people. <laughs> Those vampire prophets are dumb. I'm telling you, they are dumb. Okay, man, that took a really long time to make that point, but damn, you drove it home. Proud of you. So then we cut to Nice Guy Xander. Nice Guy Xander. Because Xander and Buffy are talking about Buffy seeing Owen dancing with Cordelia. 
Is this the hallway locker room? This is the hallway locker room. Or not locker room, but by the lockers. By the lockers, yeah. Yeah. And there there is some good, like, dialogue from Xander. I like how... He's like, yeah, it's Owen. He ha- he definitely has a certain Owenosity, <laughs> and it just it struck me as clever. And it's like, if only you weren't such a such a douche. Yeah, he he actually had kind of a redeeming moment because the scene starts with him saying, "So you just left?" Yeah, the- which is actually very supportive. Yeah, um, he's like, "Well, why didn't you go for it? You clearly like the man." And you think is this is this the <laughs> the the true Xander that we should see? No, don't get your fucking hopes up. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Drink another beer. Oh man! And then there's this great bit. So Owen comes up, and Owen's like, "Hey, Buffy, I didn't see you there." And Buffy is so her excuse ends up coming out as, "Oh, my watch broke, and I didn't happen to have any clocks in my house, so I forgot." What time of day it was and what day of the week. So Yeah, and Owen Owen's like here, have you can borrow my watch Takes so you know it what time really it is. Really in stride. He does. I, like I dude, this dude is smooth. Yeah. Like damn smooth. And hands her <laughs> this gold pocket watch. <laughs> yeah. Really nice looking watch. Probably gold plated, but well, still pretty nice. It's it's a little bit nicer watch than a fucking high school Which student we should have. immediately and get to compare to... That point is immediately paid off by Xander <laughs> looking at his watch, which is a ducky it watch. His Tweety Bird watch. Oh, was it Tweety Bird? It was Tweety Bird. I didn't get as close of a look. <laughs> oh, and, like, I love that Xander wears a Tweety Bird watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then Owen makes the joke. Well, she's like, so is it just going to be you and me going... Because he invites her to the bronze again. <laughs> yes. He's like, well, I mean, I'd invite the chess club, but they, uh, you know, they drink, they start fights. <laughs> and uh, in favor of Xander's personality, yeah, he, he has this look on his face like, oh, that's so funny. He's so clever. And then it cuts to the master. Yep. And this scene is completely unremarkable, except for one moment. Because the master's just you know, talking, but there's this great moment where he walks up to one of his minions and like strikes at him very fast <laughs> and goes bug. Yeah. Uh, we, we th- it, yeah. That was my favorite part too. Cause it looks like he's about to stab him in the eye with his fingernail exactly. again, Exactly, but he doesn't. And the- he just picks a bug off of his shoulder. But every time he jokes, like, it's got that ominous, oh, fuck, somebody's oh, yeah. about to die feeling. Oh, yeah. And you could tell that he specifically in his head was like, I'm going to do this little bug thing, and they're going to be scared this shitless. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. this He loves his this, own jokes. Uh, like, it's a man after my own Before this episode, I did not like the master. <laughs> but this episode sold me I'm starting, on him as a bad I'm starting guy. to enjoy his evilness. Very much so. Yes, absolutely. And then we immediately cut to Buffy getting ready for her date. And we Xander goes full nice guy, guys. Yeah, fucking everybody's Holy there. Holy shit. Why is Xander even there? Holy shit. Like, this is the most nice guy Xander we have seen yet. Well, and I saw this really forced look on Willow's face um, when Xander finally walks away from the girls trying to pick out an outfit, trying to portray... Like, I didn't see Willow. I saw Allison Hannigan 
attempting to portray, oh, he's so cute, when you could tell what she actually thinks of his character at this moment is, what a fucking prick. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And even Buffy's expression is like, what the fuck, Xander? Yeah. And then Giles shows up. <laughs> and Okay, so at this point, they through the whole episode, they've been playing on this. Giles is trying to be serious and take this, you know, make Buffy take the Slayer thing seriously. Yep. And this is the scene where I got tired of it. Okay. This is the moment where I'm like, Giles, she's going on a fucking date. Just <laughs> she's a 16 year old girl. Just calm your tits. Uh, where the hell is Buffy's mom? No idea at this what point. What is going on? No we're, idea at this point. And then, of house, course, right? And then, of course, Owen shows up. Mm -hmm. But Owen shows up before Buffy and Giles are done talking. Terrible timing. and Or perfect timing? No. the whole This whole bit annoys me. Yeah. Because it annoys me because Willow and Xander pull Owen aside so that Buffy and Giles can finish their conversation about sl slaying vampires. Uh-huh. And... Willow did not slap Xander for this, and she should have fucking slapped Xander for this. I, I don't even know what you're about to say, but yes. Because Xander's talking to Owen, and he's like, she doesn't like dancing, and she doesn't like kissing, and she doesn't want to be touched. In fact, you should just not look at her at all. Yeah. She doesn't like being looked at. Don't look at her. Oh, I, <laughs> like, I, Xander was bad in the Mantis episode, but nowhere near as bad as this Xander in this episode. Yeah. You mean besides me? No. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. So Buffy decides, no, she's going on this fucking date. Yeah. And Giles says, okay, well, I'll go look at the funeral home. To, to look for the anointed. Yes. So they they find out that the bodies have all been taken to the Sunnydale funeral home, which I'm sorry. So apparently if I get in an accident on a bus ride, my body will get taken to a funeral home in that local city. Right. Not to the hospital's morgue. Not yeah. to to be returned to these, my home city. Yeah, and it's definitely shown that these are like <laughs> traveling people. Like yeah. they're from Sunnydale. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it's like good to know. Thanks, then, guys. So because it, it cuts back and forth between the funeral home and the bronze. Yeah. Um, so I want to cover just the bronze first. Sure. Um, the whole date with at the bronze. At, it goes to Buffy and Owen sitting in the corner, mm -hmm. and <laughs> their conversation is pretty good, and <laughs> Owen is talking about his problems with women in general, apparently, which this is what this is what he fucking should talk about on a date, because he's like, oh, women are, so many girls are just all about dating, and uh -huh. I guess he's trying to play like it's trying to be played off like he's saying how Buffy is different and better. Uh huh. But he's basically describing Buffy in this this bit, and it kind of annoyed me. Describing Buffy how? Just being all about dating and all like all about the the social climbing and that sort of thing. Okay. And uh yeah. I mean, mm, okay. 
Well, still, I thought that um, made it feel like he was, uh, you know, not falling into the nice guy Xander syndrome, at oh, least. no, he is unquestionably better than Xander. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he actually wanted to, uh, it, it, it felt like he just wanted to talk to somebody about the books that he likes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, she's talking to Owen at the Bronze about Emily Dickinson, and he mentions how he loves that Emily Dickinson is so morbid. Uh, there's so much loss and death, right. and I'm like, whoa, this escalated quickly. And then she checks her... Because she looks at her pager, and Owen's like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. And kudos to Sarah Michelle Gellar for this bit, because you can tell right at this moment that Buffy as a character is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to enjoy this damn date. Yeah. And from this moment on, all of her uh, flusteredness over dealing with Owen is fucking vanished. Mm -hmm. And it definitely is... (laughs) <laughs> the moment where she's like, no, I want to enjoy this date. I need to enjoy this date. Okay. <laughs> and so she grabs him and takes him up to go to start dancing. Uh-huh. In walks Cordy. Okay. I just want to say real quick that I think that's funny that you're glad that she suddenly is like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to have fun. Because my impression was, wow, she's doing a really good job of multitasking right now. I'm glad that she actually cares uh, at least a little bit about the real issue going on in the real world, as well as uh, her personal, social, and sexual life. I don't really read it that way. I I really see it more as she's like struggling with that, and then she's like, "No, I need to have fun here." Well, she clearly cares about both. As oh, is yeah, definitely uh, a recurring theme throughout the episode. Anyway, so recurring Cordel- theme for seasons, I think. Yeah, definitely. But in in comes fucking Cordy. She walks in and she's immediately disgusted. Excuse me, I see that you're alone while he's dancing with yeah. Buffy. It's like, wow, you sure know how to win him over. But Buffy just handles this fucking beautifully. Very well. Because she's like, oh, oh, and I see you're, you're here alone. And he's like, oh, I'm here with Buffy. Mm-hmm. And Cordy goes, oh, well, would you like to dance? And he says, no, I'm still here with Buffy. Still with Buffy. And then Buffy's response is, Cordelia, Owen and I would like to be alone right now. And for that to happen, you would have to go somewhere that's away. (laughs) Yes. And Cordy is completely left speechless from this. Completely speechless. Uh, Did anybody else notice that uh, her hair was crimped? Very... (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, Wait, I was going to try and not say anything about does, that. Do any adult women, females, girls, chicks, whatever term you want to use, I, uh, do, do they? I cannot think of a single girl that I ever saw with crimped hair like that that wasn't either a Cabbage Patch doll <laughs> or like younger than middle school or younger. Like, I, that could imagine, that, uh, I could imagine that look a, working for someone, but it does not work for Cordelia. No, it was weird. It, it was looked, so weird. Like, it looked like something a 13-year-old would do. And then it does cut back to the funeral home here, but I want to close out the bronze. Bronze. Um, because at this point is when Angel comes in. Because <laughs> Cordelia is sitting in the corner just bitching to her friend about Owen and Buffy. Yeah, it was a pretty solid bitch fest. Wow. 
Cordelia really needs to get a fucking life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just, she is so stuck on this this Buffy just thing. Just sitting there spitting nails about, oh, bu- how does Buffy get all the dudes? And then Angel comes in. And then in. Angel comes in. <laughs> I have to make note of this. She doesn't see Angel's face, by the way, before she's like, ooh, look at him. I'm going to hit that. <laughs> she just sees him from behind. Yeah, and then he <laughs> immediately beelines towards Buffy, and yep. she, she's like, you got to be kidding me. I don't remember what her actual quote was. I don't either. But it's something along those lines. Oh, speaking of beelines, um, cutting back real quick to Owen's conversation with uh, with Buffy. Did he say something about bees? Wasn't there something about bees? Oh, yeah, because Emily Dickinson, uh, most of her poems are about death and sadness and bees. Actual bees. Yes. Like honeybees. Yeah, she like she loved bees, apparently. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's about all I know about Emily Dickinson. I guess I needed to know more about Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, to understand that no, scene. Owen, Owen will explain it. I was like, I must have uh, heard <laughs> something wrong. Apparently not. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak, 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 steak. So Angel beelines. Angel beelines in and immediately does the angel thing where he walks up. He's like, Buffy, there's a problem. <laughs> Well, duh. That that's, shit is happening. That's why you're here. <laughs> and, and do you have your own seas, your own series yet? So this is the first moment we get to see Owen and Angel side by side, and goddamn Buffy has a type. <laughs> tall, yeah. dark, tall, dark, and brooding. These guys need to start their own boy band already. Right? Definitely. And Owen, Owen plays confused exceptionally well through this. Uh-huh. Xander and Willow end up walking up and interrupting them and saying that they need to go save Giles because... No, that doesn't happen yet, actually, because... Well, uh, uh, no, right after Angel comes in at the bronze, uh, he's just trying to give her the rundown on, uh, hey, some bad shit's probably going to happen soon. And then we see Giles with uh, two more of uh, Jet Li's clones well, with bad Botox. Right, we, 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 didn't, we didn't talked about anything that happened at the funeral home yet. Yeah. So let's do that now. I have to mention this. Giles has a car. He does. We have proof that Giles has a car. Yeah, I brought that up like an episode or two ago. Right. I Hold on. Yeah. At the beginning of the scene with Owen and Buffy's date, she looks at her clock and it says 8:15. Okay? Okay. The date he said earlier that he would pick her up at 7. Yep. So they left Buffy's house at 7. Yes. So they they cut from Buffy's house to the scene at the bronze, 8.15. Okay. Then they have the scene of the bronze at the begin of their date talking, and then they, they start dancing. And then it cuts to Giles showing up at the fucking funeral home. So it's, An hour and 15 minutes after leaving Buffy's house, he shows up at the funeral home. <laughs> at, at least an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Now, I understand that this is probably just, you know, them missing a beat with the editing or something like that. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. 
tea time is very important to right. the British. He had to have stopped for ice cream. <laughs> and obviously, Xander and Willow had to also have stopped for ice cream because they only show up after Giles has already gotten to the funeral home. Yeah. So and they walked, though. They did. They must have. Apparently, Giles just drove around in circles around Sunnydale for like an hour. Well, they didn't have GPS yet, Rex. <laughs> god damn so giles walks up to the funeral home and there's a couple of the brotherhood vampire dudes there's a couple of vampires that they look pretty scary and he's like no i i have this cross and they're like (laughs) and they just kind of like they have him cornered yeah one on either side of him they're flanking him they're flanking flanking him. him and he pulls out the cross and he uh, apparently you point across at a vampire and it makes them go join the other vampire that is helping yes. them flank you. And so he he runs inside and it gives you a solid 30 to 45 seconds uh, head start to get into a building and exactly. run. So Giles runs inside and he runs through the funeral home and into <laughs> um an office. Turns and- out to be the uh their their body storage. It's the mor- it's, it's basically the morgue. It's a morgue. Yeah. And I, then and then proceeds to grab a five-drawer steel fucking filing cabinet filing that would cabinet. have to be full of files yep. and casually moves it <laughs> five goddamn feet to lean it against the door. He's a big dude. Dude, I've moved one of those that was two drawers and it took two fucking people. Those things are not light. Yeah, they're not light. And then there's no way this is empty. And then he tosses this light <laughs> chair next to it as well. Doesn't even it's hook it under the no. doorknob. I'm just like, that's going to do it, Giles. And if he can move the filing cabinet so easily. I'm glad you're on the job here, buddy. So then he runs to the window. where Which is barred. Where fucking Willow and Xander inexplicably show up. They just know where to be. That's, it's, and it's a, it showed the building to an extent like, from the outside. Giles, you're, you're totally trapped in the morgue. <laughs> Good one, Shaggy. <laughs> so Willow and Xander, they're like, oh, we got to go get help for Buffy. Oh, man. <laughs> How did... I can't find it. Oh, I can't find the window to my bedroom of my own house from the exterior without thinking about it. Right? And they didn't know where, where Giles ran into the building. <laughs> they just all of a sudden, like, it must be this window. And they open they open it from the outside. <laughs> no wonder they had fucking bars on the goddamn window. Oh, my God. Yeah, why? It, it was like it used to be a prison, right? Why are there bars on the morgue's window? Oh God! It's like so, they knew they built it on the Hellmouth. And Giles is like, "Well, Buffy has a beeper, but there's no phone here. Nobody has a phone. <laughs> Thank you, pre-cell phone television, yeah, right? Back I was when, kind of impressed at seeing a beeper. Back, I know, I haven't right? Seen a beeper in a back long when time. they had an excuse to make um difficult plots. Exactly. So, but. Xander and Willow leave, leave the fucking place. Obviously, on foot, go to the bronze. Which, like, why did Giles even need his car? Why did he bother driving if everything is so close? And why did it still take him so long? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and so, 
so Buffy, Xander, and Willow leave the bronze, and oh, after like, this beautifully awkward scene, oh yeah, where Buffy is dancing with <laughs> Owen, and then Angel shows up, and that's awkward. Uh, it's like, who's this guy? And Xander Buffy? and Willow show up. Oh, we and work like, together, and they're like, oh. We wanted a double date. Oh God! Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't know you were together, Willow and Xander. Uh, Why are they friends with him? <laughs> Why are they friends with him? Uh, I mean, he's he's still a relatively good person. But obviously, Willow is friends with him because Willow wants in his pants. Well, they've been friends for a long time, and they established a while back that they technically dated when they were little kids. Right. But, you know, it's not the same as after the hormones kick in. So they leave the bronze, and Owen's like, man, she's a weird girl or some some shit like that. Yeah, she mirrors the exact same line that Giles had earlier. She is the strangest girl. So they get to the funeral home and they get to they go into the office that the morgue area that Giles was and, and Owen follows them immediately is yeah, there. It, right after she specifically said no you can't come. I I legitimately have business to attend to. I'll explain later. I'll be right back and just to seal the deal kisses him. Their first kiss yeah. is it's and an, the oh look my God. on Angel's face is pure fucking, oh, no, you yeah. didn't. <laughs> How I am, dare you? I am centuries <laughs> old, and that is mine. And you could just tell he's thinking, I'm going to brood so hard over this. <laughs> the brooding factors shall be multiplied thusly. I can usually make a few vowel sounds, and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the Slayer, and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So, the whole bit in the funeral home, it's just a shit show. Xander and Willow and Owen getting in an office, and they start barricading the office as Buffy leaves them in the office to go try and find Giles. Uh, the, the crazy religious vampire wakes up. Yeah. And Owen is like, oh my God, that's a scary vampire. Mm-hmm. And starts chasing <laughs> them around. fucking guy. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even realize that he wasn't already a vampire. He wasn't already a vampire. Yeah, he I, became I get a that vampire. now. <laughs> but yeah, I, like, I thought he was a vampire before as well. Also, was it as obvious to you as it was to me that this is not the original actor's actual voice? I did not notice they that. They dubbed over him so hard. Because I did not notice that. That is a common thing with uh, B films, uh, actually, is dubbing over, like, because he had the look that they wanted, but he was a terrible actor. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't like his voice. Though it was so obvious <laughs> to me that they had dubbed over. I did I, No, I did not pick up that on that. That was definitely but... not his voice. And him being a vampire is just absolutely hilarious to me because he's obviously a religious zealot yep and now he's a demon yep and when he starts to fight buffy there is this great scene where she pulls the cross and points it at him and he's like ah why does it hurt me (laughs) did he say that yes i oh my god i couldn't get over the first thing he said um it was like you know fire and brimstone immediately starts chasing them and he starts saying pork and beans pork and beans (laughs) like he just went from religion i made note of that too because i'm like what the fuck fuck just happened 
Also, when when Xander and Willow are barricading the office door, Xander pointedly pulls the lampshade off the lamp and sets it on the pile. Oh, that's I fucking just, special. I just wrote lampshade. That's special. No, I I I honestly thought we were watching a bad lip reading version of this episode for a second. Yeah, and the, so the <laughs> fi- the final fight between this vampire and Buffy is actually pretty damn solid. Uh-huh. Um it was okay. I I liked it. I liked it. Well, except for the part where Owen runs up behind him and yeah, hits him with the tray. Hits him with the surgical tray in the most awkward fashion. It was like he oh, pushed God. it towards his back until it made contact. And then the actor pretended to uh, throw himself forward. I have forward. to make note that when he's, like, struggling with a vampire and, like, finally tosses, like, gets the vampire to the side and, like, checks on Buffy, he looks at Buffy and he's like, he tried to bite me. What a pansy. <laughs> and just, the like, really? <laughs> you can't tell that this is a vampire? <laughs> like, look at him with his sharp teeth. Yeah, and vampire faceness. Oh, like, he must have just been on PCP. He was a gang member. So the vampire knocks out Owen, <laughs> and Buffy's like, "You killed my boyfriend." And then <laughs> she didn't even take his pulse. No, <laughs> didn't get down to look at him. But she does kill the vampire in a really cool way, and throws him into the the cremation incinerator. Yeah. Well, I'm so- no, he leapt into the cremation incinerator. I <laughs> I want to say that she threw him because it's at least a better narrative. Sure. So they go home and then we cut to the next day and Oh, wait. No, he said uh he said, "Well, I was kind of hoping this date would end in Ben and Jerry's." I'm like, "Aha! Everyone <laughs> everyone wants ice cream, man." There you go, Willow. <laughs> He'll get you some ice cream. Anyway, so yeah, cut to the next cut day. Cut to the next day, and Buffy is all super sad about the date was ruined and everything. Owen comes up and like starts talking to her and basically was super fucking thrilled about the date. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's like, like, Oh, we need to do it again. <laughs> next time can we murder a bum? Yeah, and like <laughs> let's walk down Main Street at three AM in the dangerous part of town. <laughs> we should do drugs. <laughs> this has been great, Buffy. And it's like, whoa, you're not who I thought Buffy's you were, like, Owen. And Buffy's like, you've no, changed. I, I don't I don't think we're going to be adrenaline junkies That's together. That's probably not the greatest idea. And then we cut from that and we get to see the master introducing the anointed, which is actually the kid. The kid that doesn't know how to play with the airplane properly. Right. You're playing with that airplane wrong. Damn it. <laughs> You're supposed to go. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. This hurts a lot. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here, huh? So do we want to do quote of the day first, or do we want to say what we thought about the episode first? Fuck you for asking, Rex. Let's do quote of the day. What's your quote of the day, Josh? So we had a good poet for an American. Uh, One that I didn't mention was Willow saying, I saw on TV once a bunch of kids our age went to a party once. (laughs) Something like that. 
That was while Xander was in the midst of being. I actually made note of that as well. Extraordinarily, well, he he like slut shamed her. Like, oh, the yeah. whole scene. Oh, definitely. Quote of the day number three: When I said you could slay and have a social life, I didn't mean it at the same time. That was a Giles quote. I liked that one. Yeah, you know what? I think I enjoyed that one the most. Uh, we kind of skimmed over it. Right, that was that was his response to Owen showing up at the funeral home. Yes, when they were in the funeral home, uh, because I I thought it was it was just fun and quirky because, like, eh, it's it's funny because we know that like that's <laughs> it was it was very sitcommy. I'll have to say that m- in the middle of a pretty serious scene, yeah, very much so. There's a lot of those moments in this episode. Yeah, I'll have to say that my favorite quote of the day is actually another one that was not mentioned. It was in the very first scene with Owen and Buffy, mm-hmm. um, when Buffy is just hardcore gushing over Owen. Yeah. Owen walks up, and this is after the uh, I'm looking for a book bit. Right. And he says to Buffy, you know, he's talking about Emily Dickinson, and Buffy, trying to impress him, is like, oh, I, I love Emily Dickens. <laughs> and he goes, Dickinson. And she goes... Her too. Her too. <laughs> so that's my quote of the day. Okay. It's it's especially it's it's special to me solely because Owen again just takes it in stride. Yeah. <laughs> like that kid, like I knew there was something wrong with him from the get go. It's like he's letting a lot of things slide right by. He's either a really great guy or something's creepy or and wrong a about him. Psychopath. Turns out, psychopath. It definitely turns what? out, What? You want to sneak into the goddamn... <laughs> mor- I want to say mortuary. It's a funeral home. Funeral but home. But it is unquestionably designed to be a mortuary. <laughs> Wait, I-, I can't go with you to the funeral home? Nobody says no to me. <laughs> it just shows up. Anyway. So did you like the episode? I enjoyed the episode. I'm I'm glad that we got away from Monster of the Week and we actually got yes. back to some real plot. Um kind of. And and I think it didn't too it didn't do too bad with a couple of Monster of the Week episodes and mm-hmm. then main plot episode. Yeah. And I think they keep this formula going on. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. I did like hands down my favorite part about this entire episode though is the master and his interactions. Just because we get that like slightly sarcastic evil. Uh huh. I have to say, overall, I liked the episode. Outside of all the cringeworthy nice guy Xander BS, yeah, uh, that. Uh, I feel like the whole episode, um, on the whole, <laughs> was was just pretty useless. Yeah, like we, the only thing that happened that was actually relevant to the season arc here was the absolute last scene. Oh, the kid is the anointed. That yeah. sums up the entire episode. Yeah, and they, so outside of a little bit of character development, absolutely nothing particularly relevant happened in this episode. And even the character building, while I do like it, the only character building that happens is between Giles and Buffy. Yeah. Nothing. No other character grows for the better in this episode. Except for those two, and only barely. I don't know. I mean, Cordelia got knocked down a couple of pegs. 
Uh, we kind of saw to, that we don't get to see any payoff from that in this episode. Yeah, I suppose not. And you know, maybe next episode she might be a little bit more humble. I fucking doubt it. But well, you never know. Rome wasn't built in a day. What can I say? So I suppose. In I that, just in that all regard, I know. All I know is I am so fucking done with Xander's crush on <laughs> Buffy. Yeah, seriously. They like they. If it is not resolved this episode, if this isn't the last episode for it, I'm going to bitch about it constantly. I mean, we've both been bitching about it constantly anyway. I suppose. I think we just I'm going to continue to bitch about it constantly. Why don't we just take it for granted the way the writers intended? Uh, I can't. Anyway. I can't. I suppose part of my problem is that I remember Xander as this very heartful sort of character. Me too. And... And seeing him like this is just painful. It's growing pains. And no, not not the actual show growing pains, but I I'm glad we're not doing a growing pains podcast. That would be uh, very painful. That would be, yes, <laughs> that would pun be. intended. So this has been beer with Buffy. A, another episode thereof. That is correct. I'm Rex Hanson. I. Rex. Yeah. Let's leave last names out of this. Don't you dare stalk us. I'm Josh King. <laughs> Don't stalk me. Fuck you, Josh. Fuck you, Rex. Have a good night. Good night. You are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>